This is Star Talk All Stars, and I'm your All Star host, Dr. Helen Fisher. Joining me tonight, live in studio, is my comedic co-host Chuck Nice. Hey, how are you, Helen? I'm fine, and how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. It's so good to be here with you. Well, it's really good for me to be here with you. Okay, well, we can keep this love fest going all day. <laughs> Believe works me, for me. Have, works for me. I don't have me. a problem with it. No, so we've been we've done Star Talk before, but normally with Neil here, and so now. You're uh, driving the ship as uh, as the host and the all star, and I always find everything that you do and talk about fascinating. Well, so. it's love, you know. Yeah, it, I you, mean, it's an evergreen topic. You yeah. used to teach at Rutgers, right? I did. Yeah. I, well, I've I've taught in a lot of places, but yes, well, I'm from I, Rutgers, and I'm also from uh, the Kinsey Institute, a, right. a senior research fellow at the Kinsey Institute, and I'm chief scientific advisor to the dating site Match.com. Well, my wife uh, took one of your classes at Rutgers, really, and loves you. Oh, too. how wonderful! Loves you. To death. Oh, that's so cool. Couldn't believe that I actually knew you. Oh, God, that's very touching. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't believe it. Was... I'd like to ask her something. You know what? I always ask my students is, I'd like to, years later, to run into you and ask you, what one thing do you remember from one of my classes? So would you ask her that if she I remembers will. just one thing? What what really stuck out in her mind in, in that class? Just one thing. I will. I will do that. Because, you know, as a teacher, you always wonder, did you make yeah, any What kind impact? of impact did you make? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did it, was anybody listening? Right, yeah. So, very cool. And what did you do with Kenzie? Which is, that's pretty Im- impressive just to be associated with them in any way. Yes, I'm thrilled with it. Yeah. I'm basically um, not on staff. I mean, I don't go out there, I don't teach, but I write an, a lot of academic articles, and I do an awful lot of research, and when I do the research and write the academic articles and the books that I write, I can say that I'm from the Kinsey Institute. So, they like that. And that's cool. I like that, that and... Yeah. Um, you know, they don't pay me and I don't pay them. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we have a very good time. I mean, it's a thrill for me to be part of that. It's just a wonderful institution with a yeah. wonderful history of really a good oh, knowledge God. of sexuality Absolutely. and romantic love. So. I mean, uh, you want to talk about an impressive storied past that's, yeah. uh, that's and right. groundbreaking to say the least yeah. and groundbreaking at a time, you know, where the puritanical uh, roots of America had come to. That's you know, the it's, point. It's raised. It's probably it's heightened. It's most heightened. I, point. I don't know. I mean, I would think the late 1800s when they had to put uh, a little um, cloth uh, around the legs of pianos uh, right. stools so that nobody could see the ankles the of ankles the piano. The ankles of the piano, yeah. Well, <laughs> so listen, things have I come a long way. Ellen, I gotta, I gotta say, I don't know how many times I've looked at the uh, spindles of a piano leg and gotten erection. <laughs> well, let's pile some in here. <laughs> There's four of them generally on a piano. You're gonna have a good time. <laughs> But you know, one thing. You got me. (laughs) One of the things that really interests me, I get a lot of calls now because a lot of people are upset that um, our teenagers are not having any sex. And in my day, they were all upset that teenagers were having having sex. sex. And I feel like saying, you know, get with the program, pal. You know, why are you so worried? The day's going to come. This is a basic brain system. People aren't going to stop having sex. They're just slowing down the the reproductive processes, what's going on. Yeah, and I... could it possibly be? And I'm, I mean, we haven't been uh, socially in this place long enough for it to be or to manifest itself in in terms of evolution. But there's also social evolution as Absolutely. well as physical as no evolution. question about it. And so, could it possibly be that because we start pretty much everything later? Yes. Uh, you know, you, you, people are getting married later. They're having children later. Right. I mean, could it just be that the natural outworking of that is 
teens are uh, worrying and, and, and considering sex a little later. It, it, that's exactly right, Chuck. And, and all of the um, uh, the life um, um, things are expanding. Mm-hmm. Childhood is expanding. Teenager is expanding. Mm-hmm. Young adult is expanding. Middle age is expanding. And old age is expanding. Yeah. And in many ways, you know, I call it slow love. Slow love. And, it, and it's one of my um, main ideas like right it. now. It's, it sounds like the, uh, a program, an evening program at an R&B station. <laughs> Welcome to Slow love. It's what it is. Slow love. <laughs> With your and host, Helen Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> it's important. Uh, you know, I'm I'm chief scientific advisor to Match.com, and annually we do a study called Singles in America. Mm-hmm. And we do not poll the Match members. It's a national uh, representative sample of Americans based on the U.S. Census. And every year we collect it on over 5,000 people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I assemble all the data. And every single year I ask some trend questions and some new questions. Okay. And among the trend questions are, have you ever had a one-night stand with somebody? Not just last year, but have you ever had a one-night stand? Period, just right. in general. And have you ever um, had a friends with benefits okay. relationship? And have you ever lived with somebody long-term before okay. you had you know, tied the knot? And um, every year yes, over... Yes, yes, and yes, and yes. Y- exactly right. Yes, yes, and yes. All right. um, over 50% of people have said yes to all three. Really? Every single year. Okay, I'm, I don't feel like such a whore now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're in good company. We all are, one way or another. Exactly. We're just discussing price. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the bottom line is, you know, Americans think that this is reckless. And then I read uh, an academic article that pointed out that 67% of singles who are living with somebody long term are terrified of divorce. They're terrified of the economic, the social and the personal fallout of divorce. And it mm-hmm. began to occur to me that all of this sleeping around beforehand and living with somebody is is not reckless, it's caution. Mm-hmm. Today, singles want to know every single thing about somebody before they tie the knot. What we're really seeing is an extension of what I call the pre-commitment stage or commitment light, L-I-T-E. A long extended period of getting to know somebody before you marry them. And in many respects, so, so I think like that's... like an extended test drive. Extended test drive. And yeah. by the way, I, I began to think, this is pretty good. You learn more about yourself, you learn right. more about yourself sexually, you learn more about what you want and you get, learn how to get rid of what you don't want. So then it occurred to me, if that's the case with this slow love, maybe by the time that people do marry, mm-hmm. um, they when they walk down that aisle, they know who they've got, they know they want who they got, and they think they can keep who they've got. And maybe we're going to look forward to more happy marriages because bad relationships can end before they wed. So I did a study with Match of 1,100 married people, okay. and, I, and they were all married an average of 20 years. Wow. Wow. Yeah, with children and the whole thing. And I asked I'm a lot up of questions. On my 20th oh, right are you? Now. Oh, I want to ask you about it. But anyway, I asked the question, a lot of questions, but one of them was would you remarry? the person that you're currently married to and 81% said yes. I would definitely remarry my wife. Uh, I would just have a lot more sex first. <laughs> so. Well, start it over again. You can do this. You can talk her into that, I bet. <laughs> yeah. No, I um, I don't even know if I could have more sex than I had before I got married, but uh, I actually would definitely remarry her. Yeah. Um, like, uh, without... I, I don't think she would remarry me, though. That's interesting. How come? I... I 
I am, you know, I may be saying too much, getting too personal here on Star Talk. Um, I know that, and I don't think that I'm alone in this, but I know that <clears throat> in this deal, she got the short end of the stick. Why? I, just she did. She just did. My, my, I, I think it's much more. She spends more time at home. Well, she, she spends, spends more time more, raising first children. First of all, she spends more time uh, child rearing than yeah. I do. Yeah. Even though I'm very much involved. Yeah. Um, she is also raising a child that she never thought she was going to raise. Uh, I think in me. <clears throat> in you. Yes. <laughs> because uh, I am, I don't know, I guess I'm, I, I wouldn't say that I'm childish, but I'm very free You're playful, for God's sakes. You're a free electron kid. Yes. I know a lot about you because yeah. I did that, I did a study of you. Yes. But and that's probably why she married you. She probably loves that. She loves the imp in you. A lot of women do. It keeps her on her toes, you know. Uh, maybe, maybe so. But Is she yeah. high dopamine like you? Is she... Uh, risk-taking, novelty-seeking, curious, creative, spontaneous, energetic? She is definitely curious. Okay. She is definitely creative, although she she tempers that. She tamps it down. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not as much of a risk-taker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's, that might be good for you. Yeah, she's it might hold you down a little so that you're not flying off uh, ceilings. Actually, it's a good thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. because with the, she's, uh, she's my Jiminy Cricket. Like, oh. Because I'll go... I'll do it. I don't care. It's yeah. like, you know what I mean? It's like, I will too. Yeah, I'm like you. Yeah, it's like, we got a, oh wait, 14% chance. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, Chuck, you didn't understand. It's a 14% chance that you will live, oh. not that you will die. I and see. I'm like, all right, yeah, well, let's do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it sounds yeah, like a good marriage. It's, it is a very good marriage. I mean, from my estimation, but you know, I think it's difficult to be with me. I, I do. Um, I'm also, you know, I, I think I'm a pretty creative person. And so as a result, I have what I call creative moods. I see. Okay. And so, you know, I'm a bit more mercurial than she is. Okay. She's pretty... Stable. She's pretty we're stable. stable. Mm-hmm. I, I can be up and down and, mm-hmm. you know... What does she do when you're down? Um, She basically looks at me like, okay, <laughs> whatever. Like, seriously. That's, so she knows how to handle it. Yeah, and honestly, mm-hmm. it's what's funny is... It, I mean, 20 years is, is, a good, is, is a good period of time to be married to somebody. Oh, it is, you know. Um, I, 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 for her, it's probably a dog years. It's more like 140 years for her. <laughs> for me, it's been 20, and 20 very good years, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Well, so, yeah. I think we're going to see more stable marriages, not only because of this slow love, because we're marrying much later, but I've looked at the demographic yearbooks of the United Nations uh, at the marriage and divorce data from 1947 until 2011, and the later you wed, the more likely you are to remain married. And we're marrying later and later and later. So there's a lot of world statistics that we're going to see more stable marriages. But, you know, we really want romance in our marriages now. And so a lot of marriages are going to end because we're looking for something different. I mean, you know, on the farm, you really wanted to marry the boy in the farm next door uh, who had more cows than you did. And, you know, uh, uh, but uh, these days we're really looking for a whole different thing. We're really looking for a companion. We're looking for somebody who makes you laugh. That's you, Chuck. No, yeah. Um, is yes. she, is I she do must... make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you, does she make you laugh? Uh, no. She doesn't, but no, she loves you. I'm love to be to honest, laugh she you. really doesn't. Yeah. Um, uh, not intentionally. Uh-huh. She makes me laugh, but not intentionally. <laughs> uh, 
I make it my point to entertain her because I think that's the value that I bring to the relationship. Uh-huh. So I am constantly Good. trying. So the entertainment committee. Yeah, I'm constantly mm-hmm. trying to keep her laughing and happy mm-hmm. uh, before she actually thinks about the fact that she married me and comes to her senses and gets the <laughs> hell out of here. She so. could have left you a long time ago, kid, if she felt like it. This you is know? true. This so is true. I'm going to take that one with a grain of salt. I would just sort of figure that uh, that uh, it's a good relationship. Sounds like a good one. If you'd remarry her, good. Yeah. And we'll have to ask her. Would you go ask her if she'd remarry you? I I'd am. Like to I'm going to ask that. her two questions. I'm going to yeah. ask her if she would what remarry she me. And I'm going to ask her what does she remember, the number one thing she took away from your class. Great. So those are my two questions for her when uh, when I see her later today. Technology and love and how technology has affected love and relationships right. today. Pretty fascinating. It is fascinating. And people are absolutely, t- first of all, people are terrified of technology. Apparently, Plato thought that um, when in, uh, when writing was introduced, that it would kill people's memory. And wow. um, when the printing press was introduced in the 1500s, people thought that it would be information overload. You've heard that <laughs> since wow. then. Uh, in the 18th uh, century, they felt that uh, newspapers were, uh, quote-unquote, socially isolating. Uh, wow. I know. They Look thought at these that, arguments. I know. They, you nothing know, they, has changed. Nothing has changed. Well, anyway, but it, and in fact, they even thought that the bicycle was going to give women uh, liberation and therefore uh, be the end of the family. Oh, well, that was just Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Did it, they let you drive? No, exactly. they sure didn't. In fact, it was the only place that I didn't even need to bring a suit case because you wear this black sheet the entire time. Yeah, the burqa. You know, yeah, the burqa. Yeah, the baya, they call the it. Baya. And, yeah, but thank God that I didn't have to wear it over my face. I had to wear the whole thing around oh, the I'm head. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the, the burqa. Yeah. See, what I said. Yeah, you're yeah. right. That's where you have the nothing but the eyes yeah. showing. But we certainly saw that and we yeah. saw, I certainly saw things with no eyes showing. Yeah. They're slow. They're going to come around, but it's pretty It, it doesn't make a difference. You're yeah. fighting a losing battle is what I say. So the idea behind that is that um, women represent the temptation mm-hmm. and if you remove the temptation you thereby uh alleviate um the 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 opportunity not alleviate mm-hmm. eliminate the opportunity to sin yeah, yeah. unfortunately it doesn't work that it way does, not, not only does it not work that way but i read an article about women in afghanistan wearing the full burqa and they like it because they can go right past their uh, uh husband husband's <laughs> stall in the market and, and see go what he's up, doing and, and no and they can go to the next guy and have sex with him behind his tomato patch oh my god yeah. get out. no they, they they i mean i'm not all of them but no, i certainly but, but read an no. article about it but see it makes sense you know. what, whatever you would like to do if you want to find a loophole as a human being, you'll find a loophole. Exactly. Just like there are men looking at those women with nothing but the eyes showing. Right. And they go, hey, man, you see the eyes on that one? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and those shoes. Yeah, Whoa, exactly. That's exactly. Cool. Whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> but anyway, is. just to answer your thing about, I mean, about is technology changing love? It's changing the way we court, which I'd like to get into, but it cannot change love. You know, I and my colleagues have put over 100 people into a brain scanner to study romantic love. Uh-huh. And the basic brain circuitry for romantic lies way below the cortex where you do your thinking, way below limbic regions in the middle of the head wow. orchestrating the emotions, in basic brain regions linked with drive, with craving, with obsession, with focus, with motivation. In fact, so it that, lies that, right next <clears throat> to brain regions uh, that orchestrate thirst and hunger. Thirst and hunger keep you alive today right. romantic love drives you to fall for somebody and drive your DNA into tomorrow so you it's a true appetite 
It's a, it's it's an appetite. It's a it's true a, appetite. It's, it's a craving. A craving. It's it's it, it, it's it's a drive. It's a basic mating drive that wow. evolved millions so of years ago. Wow, what system is that? Because that's even beneath like your amygdala. Uh, it and, is beneath, beneath it, the amygdala. Okay, okay. Because the amygdala uh, tends to orchestrate more of the emotions. Right. This is drive. This, this is, is drive. like hunger and thirst. Wow. You know, when you're madly in love with somebody. Uh, um, all parts of the brain become activated. Right. But what we found in all people, um, it's associated with drive. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just like hunger and thirst. You can't kill it. You know, even in sort of, I read poetry from all over the world. Mm-hmm. They all say the same thing. The oldest poem I, I, I saw was on a, is in, was in cuneiform in, um, in a, uh, archaeological museum in Istanbul. It was like the size of a, a softball okay. in cuneiform. Uh-huh. And it, and it said the first love letter. And it was something like 2200 BC, almost 4,000 years ago. But you look at the, I mean, um, what, what did it say? I don't you know. don't know. You know okay. what it said? It said, send me an email. I'm dying. <laughs> yeah, no. it said, hey, you up? You up, girl? <laughs> you up, girl? <laughs> you just drop in, girl. <laughs> Skip those piano legs. I need something bigger. <laughs> That's fantastic. But anyway, it, it certainly is changing how we court. I mean, a right. hundred years ago, I mean, courtship has changed more in the last hundred years than it has in the last 2000. I mean, you know, um, I mean, what, a hundred years ago, somebody rode up in their bug, horse and buggy and swung on the swing before uh, Sunday lunch and right. courted you right in front of people. Now we send emails and texts and emojis to express our emotions. And we're finding love in different ways. You know, uh, as I say, I do this study with Match.com and I asked every year, where did you meet your last first date? Mm-hmm. And uh, 40% will say they met it on met that person on the internet. Only 25% said that they met that person uh, through a friend. And only 6 to 8% met somebody um, at church or in some other way. So wow. this seems to be the newest way to to introduce. But you know what's so amazing, Chuck? People assume that this technology is going to kill love. A, it can't do that. It's a brain system. But in terms of courtship, these dating sites are not dating sites. They are introducing sites. Absolutely. And when you when you then you go meet the person, your ancient brain snaps into action and you court the way you always did, you smile the way you always did, mm-hmm. you laugh the way you always did, you listen the way you always did, you parade the way you always did, and you size up somebody the way you always did. The ancient human brain will always be central to courtship. Technology can't kill that. We have to wrap up this segment, but stay tuned because we'll be right back with more of your questions. Welcome back to Star Talk All Stars. I'm your host, Dr. Helen Fisher. Joining me tonight is my comedic co-host, Chuck Nice. That's right. That's right. And uh, we've got some uh, cosmic queries here. And you're so fascinating, we didn't even get a chance to get to a question in the first segment. So I guess we should probably jump right into this because uh, we have a bunch of inquiring minds who want to know all about love and technology and okay. how love has changed because of technology. So we always start things off with a Patreon patron question. And that is because people who support us on Patreon, um, we we uh, we defer to them because they give us money. Well, that's smart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Works for me. Yeah, right. The question's you know, a question. Yeah, it makes very sense, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. So uh, this is uh, Kelia uh, Kelia Silvis from Patreon says, "Hi, I'm Kelia Silvis from Minneapolis, and this is my 
My question, I started dating my fiancé before dating apps exploded, so dating apps baffle me. Um, from what my friends say, there are countless unspoken rules in online dating. Tinder is supposed to make people uh, meet easier, but online dating etiquette seems as complicated as regular courtship in the times of Jane Austen. Have dating apps actually made romance simpler compared to the more traditional dating? Or is it just another different way of doing the same thing? In some ways, it's both. I mean, it certainly is uh, the newest way to do the same old thing, but it's really expanded a lot of people's opportunities. One of the um, uh, fastest growing dating sites today is called Our Time. And it's Our Time? Our Time. And it's for people. I think I saw a commercial on yes, TV. Yes, probably. For that. And it's for people over 50. Oh, that's right. And uh, bottom line is, I mean, even 50 years ago, pe- older people were supposed to move in with their children and just be grandparents. Right. And now they're really expected. I mean, not they anticipate having another romance, another deep attachment, perhaps even another marriage. Because Right. traveling with a, with a companion and having sex with one, and right. et cetera. And so it's enabling an awful lot of people to find love who might not have done it before. In fact, there's only one academic article that has actually proven um, a real change, and that is that the number of interracial marriages have, have skyrocketed. Yes. Because now people can find somebody who shares their interests. Right. And along with that, of course, I think the younger generations are far less um, uh, prejudiced than older people today. We're at a wonderful time right now, I think, in in human dating. Actually, I'm extremely impressed with millennials, the way they're handling all this. But uh, just to answer her question, I do think it's both. I think it is the newest way to do the same old thing, but it is really expanding people's um, opportunities to to meet somebody. Well, that's pretty cool. Well, there you go, Kilia. Um, Yes and no is your answer. Uh, Very good question. Let's move on and ask another question from our uh, listening audience. This is uh, Eric Varga from Facebook. Eric says this, with social media being so prevalent, are we as a society in danger of losing the ability to empathize or love others more than we love ourselves? It just seems like with every passing year, we are becoming more vain and narcissistic. Wow. Mm-hmm. Look at you, Eric. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I've, uh, I've traveled with hunter-gatherers, and I saw a few narcissists there, too. You know, narcissism is, 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 is probably has a chemical component. Right, and right. Um, I can't imagine that, that today it's any more uh, prevalent than it was in the past. But, you know, today we hear about it more because somebody's on Facebook. They see it all around them. Exactly. And, and so they think that we're going to hell in a handbasket. But, I, I, I mean, I think this is one of those uh, – Eric is, uh, is one of those people who sounds scared of new technology. Hmm. Uh, we, we're not going to lose our empathy. Um, empathy is in the estrogen system in the brain. The estrogen system is pumped out of some of the most basic parts of the uh, of, of the of the of the brain. Right. It, it isn't going to change. Right. Uh, who we're empathetic towards is certainly going to change with changing time. But the ability to be empathetic, the ability to reach out. In fact, I read something recently that showed that the more people are on the internet, um, the more friends uh, they have, and the more they also go out. So it's not so true now, that they're the, all sitting. At home, just, is that is that study saying that the they're not talking about the actual friends on the internet? They're saying that the representation of friends on the internet um, 
uh, is mirrored in real life. Yes, that's what the article said. Okay. Yes. Now I'm sure that there's other. You know, when you when you're doing science, it's the kind of the questions that you ask and the way you collect your data. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's other articles that show the reverse. But just as a brain scientist, as a as a neuroscientist, and, and as an anthropologist, uh, knowing about the brain, we cannot kill right. uh, our our human impulse for empathy. Now, some people are going to be more empathetic than others, right. and some people are going to be more narcissistic, some people are going to more hu- be more humorous, like you, or they're going to be more conscientious, like somebody, like maybe hopefully you too, whatever. <laughs> we'll ask not, your wife about that. Not quite that. sold on the conscientiousness <laughs> factor as we are the, the humor. <laughs> uh, but, That's uh, great. But uh, the bottom line is um, uh, technology is not going to kill... Do you know that the human brain is not changed in the last 300,000 years. The wow. brain has not... Now, like you started at the beginning of this program talking about social evolution. Right. We've evolved socially. You and I aren't sitting around uh, a campfire in the middle of Africa, which right. you and I were doing right. 400,000 years ago, 300,000 years ago, even huh. I was 20, on that last Tuesday. Ago. What are you talking about? <laughs> Actually, I was there last week myself. <laughs> um, but uh, but um, you can't kill the brain. Right. Uh, but, you, but certainly it's going to be expressed differently. Now, for example, on the internet, it's very difficult to express your emotions. So what have we created? Emojis. Right. And how, do, how many? We've got thousands of them now. And I have to tell you, when I first saw emojis, I thought that they were rather stupid. And I mm-hmm. was one of these people who said, wow, look at what we're doing as a society. We're dumbing ourselves down to the point where we are metaphorically speaking to one another with little pictures of our emotions. Right. Instead of... Uh, uh, clearly and definitively and decisively expressing, right. even through written word, this is how I feel. Right. Well, now all I can say is whoever that guy was should shut the hell up yeah. because I use emojis and they're the they're great. They're fun. They're just they're great. really fun. And sometimes they're the perfect punctuation exactly for right. a conversation that you're having. Exactly. Because you know it's kind of weird. Like I don't know if you've ever been on the phone with somebody when you were dating. With Whatever you're like, you know, it's just like, okay, babe, I'll see you. All right, honey. Okay, sweetie. All right, babe. Okay. Bye-bye. I'm going to try that one tonight. It sounds cool. Right. (laughs) I like nobody. So, you know, sometimes that happens when you're texting, but it's not romantic. Right. It's just that you don't know, when's this conversation actually over? Because it's not like you're on a walkie-talkie where it's just like, you know, know, it's just like, I'll be there at six, over. Like, you know what I mean? You don't know over and out. You can't do that. But you know what? I also find that there's, I mean, I've got a boyfriend now, and there's some things that I don't actually dare say to him in person or I'm too shy to say on the phone but I'm, I I dare say it um, actually uh, in an email in a text and with an emoji so yeah. it for me it, it it's an it's an added mechanism for self-expression right. and you know and what's so interesting is people are so scared now that you know we're constantly talking to people on the phone and this and that well guess what in hunting and gathering societies they traveled with about 25 people every day okay. all the time they were constantly talking to friends, relatives, children, parents, et cetera, et cetera, all day long. I'm not at all surprised that we're on the phone all day long connecting with people. Right. It's better. I mean, for example, let's say you and I lived on a farm and, you know, and, and we were married or whatever, and you went off, you might be gone for three months without a letter to me. Right. And these days, you know, I mean, we can email and text all the time. I don't see why 
I mean, people say we're being uh, less connected. I think we're uh, hyper-connected with each other. Mm. And I think that's very natural. So, yeah, I mean, and then the, the, but then the question becomes, how genuine is the connection? Or well, it's is, going to be genuine or not genuine, depending on how you put it out there. Okay. Well, there you, you go. Know. Fair enough. You can't, yeah. you, can't get any, you can't get any more simple than that. <laughs> it's like, really, that really depends on who's putting it out. Exactly. It's got nothing to do with the actual uh, uh, the inner, mechanism. The connection or the mechanism, the right. medium, I should yeah, say. The medium. It, yeah, the medium. Yeah, the genuineness of the connection yeah. really has to if do with the lie, parties involved. If you're going to lie, you're going to lie one way or another. Right. You know? There you go. All right. <laughs> nice. That's great. All right. Let's get to another question. Um, this is uh, Kelly Rodriguez from Facebook who says, says, how does technology influence the belief that there is the one, in quotes, quote unquote, the one, uh, a single ideal partner for each person, ignoring whether this is actually true, we now have access to many, many more potential partners than we used to. Does this make us more or less satisfied with the partner that we do find? That's a really wow, good question. A, That's Kelly, a really good Kelly question. Rodriguez, yeah. you are, let me yeah. tell you, first of all, let me tell you something. Kelly's looking for somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Good for her. You, She's I'm not the only one. Yeah, and Kelly <laughs> Kelly is uh, very conscientious because uh, she's basically saying like, yo, uh, um, she's put yeah. some real thought into this. But well, fascinating question. Well, it's a very important question because as I say, you know, I work with Match.com and I know a lot of these dating sites and they, they all have one thing that they really worry about and it's called cognitive overload. When you have so many opportunities, so many alternatives to choose from, you tend to choose none because it's just, you're, you're overloaded with it. Just like she said, you know, it, we live for hundreds and as hunters and gathers for really millions of years and they didn't have all these choices. So, one of the things that, there's been studies of this and as it turns out, the human brain can really cope with between about five or nine choices and after that, it gets into cognitive overload and it doesn't choose any. Wow. So, one of the things that I would say to her, Kelly, her name was yes. Kelly, Yes. Um, is, you know, go out and meet nine people, between five and nine people, and then stop dating stop new there. people and get to know those people, at least one or two of those people that you've already met better. Because we know in the love business that the more you get to know somebody, the more you like them, the more you think that they are like you. Mm. So, and then for example, you know, let's say you meet somebody in the office and you think he's sort of an idiot and he's not that good looking and mm -hmm. this, but after three months you realize he's got a wonderful sense of humor. Something's he's so really cute about kind. him. I don't know what it is. There you go. I can't put my That's finger it. on it, but there's something about him exactly. that I really like. Exactly. Oh God, how did I end up liking this guy? <laughs> but he's so cute anyway. Right. I like all three of his heads. Aren't they cute? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with him. Right. So the bottom line is that it's called cognitive overload or the paradox of choice. And these days when we got so many choices, uh, it can it can be very difficult for you. So you just it's like any new technology. You gotta learn how to use it. Right. And once you learn to stop stop the dating and get to know somebody better. Uh, and by the way, a lot of singles are very sophisticated about this. In this national study that I do, it's called Singles in America. Um, Fifty three percent of singles will go out with somebody on the first date and really feel nothing for them but they will go out a second time and give the person a, a try yeah singles aren't as stupid as we think they might right. be they gotta give you gotta give the guy a chance you gotta there's something called positive illusions overlooking the negative and focusing on the positive but see now isn't that basically what being in love is about yes because 
to yes. be honest. Uh, I will tell you that um, I think at times, if I were to dissect my relationship with my wife, and if I were to, in a very meticulous and methodical way, try to parse everything that I like right. and everything that I don't like, right. I could talk myself out of right. being with her pretty easily. Boy, did you ever hit the nail on the head. Because what we did is we looked in, in, into the brains of uh, 15 people who were in these long-term marriages, 20-year marriages. They uh-huh. all had walked into the lab saying that they were still in love, not just loving, but in love with their long-term partner. We didn't believe them. Americans don't believe you can remain in love long-term. We put them in the brain scanner, and we found activity in three brain regions among those who are really happily in a long-term partnership. In a brain region linked with empathy, Mm -hmm. a brain region linked with controlling your own emotions and your own stress, and the third brain region was linked with these positive illusions, the ability to overlook what you don't like about somebody and Focus on what you do. Yeah. So it's called positive illusions, and it, it's part of being in love. That's so. so and you know wild. what? When I would ask people what they don't like, before, I, when we, as I say, we put over hundred people in the brain scanner, and one of the questions before I put them in the machine is, "What do you not like about your partner?" Mm-hmm. They could list what they didn't like, right. but then then they swept that aside. That goes all away. You know, as yeah. Chaucer said, "Love is blind." It is. It is. It is. And the brain is built to overlook it too. There's yeah. a big brain region linked with what they call negativity negativity bias. We're built to sort of remember the bad. Right. That remember remember the negative uh, for good Darwinian evolutionary reasons and that's, but and we limits, overlook it and that's being in love I mean to tell yep. you I, I could like I said if I if I took the time and parsed everything I could talk myself out of being with my wife I could do it yeah. but when I think about my wife I don't ever think about any yeah. of that yeah. ever yeah. Like, like the moment I think about her the most glowing warmth yeah. comes to my mind and that's all that yeah. I'm focused on uh, whatever it is that I don't like never even enters the picture. Isn't that beautiful? I no, no, that oh. sucks. It sucks. She's tricked me. You tricked me. You tricked no. me, Jessica. <laughs> Darwin tricked you. Dar- Evolution yes. tricked Evolution you. Tricked. Your own brain. <laughs> Get a good hammer and hit yourself in the head. <laughs> no, it is. It's 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 fascinating. Yeah, yeah. and I, well, we're built to love. Right. I mean, for millions of years, we. I mean, we are a pair bonded animal. We are an animal that, for the last four million years has formed pair bonds to rear our children and that's not to say we're necessarily sexually faithful to our partner but mm-hmm. we are driven to form pair bonds and along with that the brain evolved various mechanisms to fall madly in love and overlook and to overlook what you don't like wow all right i wonder no we do not have time for another one oh, gosh darn it we have to take a short break uh, but we'll have more cosmic queries when star talk all stars returns Welcome back to Star Talk All Stars. I'm Dr. Helen Fisher, your All Star host for the evening, and joining me in the studio is my comedic co-star Chuck Nice. Hey, hey, yeah, this has been so great. 
I got to tell you, you are like an a walking a walking encyclopedia of love knowledge. Well, it's unbelievable. You know, when you write books on it, I mean, I've written six books on it. Which, by the way, you haven't even given us the uh, pleasure of plugging your newest book. Yeah. Why him? Why her? Actually, that's not even the newest. Oh, get yeah. out! <laughs> what the hell? What are you doing? You just you just what do you do? Just you wake up in the morning and write a book? <laughs> is that what happens? It, it takes years. It takes years to write those books because they're real books. This yeah. is not ten ways to screw your lover. Exactly. This is the real stuff. No, yeah. And you got to do an awful so lot wait, of research. So what's after Why Him, Why Her? Um, it's the second edition of Anatomy of Love, which is that book, that first book, uh, came out in 1992. It became, as they said to me, a classic, which I hadn't known, but I mean, I knew that it had, had been okay. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, and so I was, the publisher called me about three years ago and said, Helen, this is a classic. Would you just, you know, we want to read, we put it out again, but, um, all you have to do is write a new introduction and a new final chapter. So I said, Oh, no problem. It's a good book, you know? So then I sat and read down, read the book. And I sat down and cried. I mean, it was almost 25 years old. You know, I had done a lot of brain scanning too since stuff. then. Too much Too new much research. stuff. And, yeah. I mean, I had done so much. Me- so I rewrote the book. Wow. Um, but uh, I'm very proud of that book. Actually, you know, these are my children, these yeah, books. I'm, I'm and, sure. And I hope that they live. And, and your wife must have read one of them. She probably read the original Anatomy uh, of Love. I'm sure she has. Um, I mean, she's read more than one of your works. Oh, isn't that Believe nice? me, I, I know for a fact that she has. Oh, that's great. You know, thank, yeah. thank you. Thank she you, was, thank you. She uh, was highly, highly impressed that I that I even got to talk with you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> well, I'm touched, so thank you. <laughs> okay, well, let us... Um, um, so, Anatomy of Love. Yes. And, second uh, edition. Second edition. Yeah, 2016 then, or 2017. Yeah. Cool. So, Why Him, Why Her and Anatomy of Love. Go out right now or just go online and get them, people. Yeah. Okay. And there's another... I mean, I've done six of them, but another one that was really is um, Why We Love. Why We Love. Why We Love. My favorite chapter of everything that I've ever written is the second chapter of that book, Why We Love. Really? Because I talk about love and animals. Because, you know, this brings Different types of animals and the similarities that we have with these animals and how and why we love. Now, let me just ask you this. See, I'm asking my questions. I should be reading the questions of our listeners, but I got to ask you. Do animals actually love and are they capable of the depths of love that human beings can ascend to. I, I know I'm mixing the two, but the depths that we can ascend to. Okay, that works. Well, I mean, they're not writing poems. Mm-hmm. They're not singing songs. Well, they are singing songs. Yeah. All kinds of birds Whales are singing songs. Do and birds well, do. All kinds of birds yeah. do. All kinds of animals do. They've got according rituals. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, one of my favorite um, stories is of a, a black rhino. He was trying to impress a female. And, what's uh, up, girl? Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> Yo, girl, what's up? It's me, the black rhino. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was swinging his little tail around and he was d- dashing around and getting up on his hind legs and parading and tearing up foliage and throwing it over his shoulder. But the great quote from the anthropologist was, he looked for all the world as if he were dancing. Wow. And um, when you go species after species, now, they don't, now, for example, a rat feels that deep attraction for about uh, 30 seconds. <laughs> An elephant will express that for about five days. Uh-huh. Uh, a, um, a, a fox will express it for about 20 days during the courtship rituals. But they've so do they do the do animals can animals conceptualize and act out um, the different categories of love? So eros and phylos, oh, how wonderful. And can they mm-hmm. do that? 
Okay, I think that we that we've evolved. In fact, I've, I think I've proven that we've evolved three distinctly different brain systems for mating and reproduction. One is the sex drive. Okay. Second one with the uh, testosterone system. Uh, mm. The second is feelings of intense romantic love, okay. driven largely by the dopamine system in the brain. And the third brain system is attachment, that sense of calm and security you can feel with a long-term partner mm. associated with oxytocin and vasopressin in the brain. Right. And you see among all animals and birds expressions of all three of those systems. Really? Um, well, certainly the sex drive. Yes. And um, they know now among sheep and among a little animal called the prairie vole, it's like a little field mouse, mm-hmm. uh, that it's basically the same brain circuits you know what's really evolved in the human animal is the cortex right, the outer exactly. rind yes making doing the poems right. doing the operas doing the plays right. doing the ballets writing the novels but the basic feeling is the same i mean you can see a fish feel fear you can see a dog just be happy to see another dog right. racing after another focused on a particular dog and skipping all the other dogs etc <laughs> so the basic feelings are probably fairly similar um, because it's a very similar brain system the brain system for romantic attraction is very similar to the brain system for uh, what I call animal magnetism or, <laughs> or animal attraction but then again we we tack on everything that the human cortex has tacked on which right. is all of our I mean our myths our legends our holidays, right. our plays, our poems, our songs, our our ballets, our operas, etc. So wow. uh, the feelings are the same. I mean, you can see a dog feel, be terrified. You can see a dog feel jealous. You can see a dog feel just adoring of of another dog, or even of a of a of a master. Mm-hmm. So um, these basic feelings, emotions, drives, the basic drives, are quite similar. But how we interpret them and how we what was your word? Not um, Raise them up. Uh, how, uh, the, the, how we ascend. Yeah, to how these, we ascend. To these yes. depths Do we, of love. How we ascend to how these depths. How we ascend depths. to the depths of love. Well done, Jack. Yes. Okay, <laughs> this is this is wonderful. Uh, let's move on to, and, and, and take some more questions. And this is uh, Michael Youngblood Fitzhugh. I love that name. <laughs> Michael Youngblood Fitzhugh from Facebook wants to know, with the advent of Twitter and the internet, technology is, uh, <clears throat> uh, is humanity seeing a paradigm shift to a matriarchal world society. Oh, that's smart. Color me curious. Longtime listener. First time caller. Yo. <laughs> I want to say that that's the first time somebody's ever asked that question. So, and right, I really question, like it. Now, first of all, let's distinct, uh, distinguish between matriarchal and matrilineal. Okay. Matriarchal is female rule. Right. I do not see us moving towards female rule. Um, men are, on average, uh, much more driven by rank and hierarchy, particularly right. young men. And so a lot also of. Also driven to protect that, too. Exactly. So, you know, so, that's where the real danger comes right. in. Well, I mean, an awful lot of women will go go into business, but they don't want the top jobs because they want more free time to be with their children. They don't mm-hmm. want to do all that travel. You really see middle-aged women, as estrogen levels go down and masking levels of testosterone, getting into politics, mm-hmm. getting into wanting to be corporate leaders, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et so we are going to see more of that, no question about right. that. I mean, that's one of the big modern trends is women piling into the job market. But I don't think we're going to move into a matriarchal society in which women rule. 
that's the definition of that. But if he was asking the question, which I think he was asking, are we moving towards matrilineal society in which, now, for example, we've been a patrilineal culture for a long time. In other words, when a woman marries, she takes her husband's name. Very often she leaves her own family and it gets incorporated into the husband's family. It's grafted into his and family. I think it, we're seeing less and less of that. When there is a divorce, more and more often you see the children living with the mother, the children spending more of the holidays with the, the maternal side of the family, and with women having a tremendous amount of power in the home. So mm-hmm. I have even written that in, in one of my books, but this is the first person who's ever asked, yes, I think what, what people would actually say is we're moving towards a bilineal uh, society in which both men and women have a good deal of power in the home mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and in social circles. But I actually think it's turning matrilineal. Now, for example, in well, my see, family... it's funny because and this may not be it, so I'm speaking anecdotally here because I don't want to confuse the issue and make anybody... So don't write. But uh, growing up in a black family... I was going to say the black family has a long history of that. Yes. A long history of yeah, it. So, and the rest of us are now coming along. Yeah. So you 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 know growing up in a black family yeah. that, and contrary to popular belief, uh, there are oftentimes uh, where there is, yes, the men are in the home. Yeah. You wouldn't think it. <laughs> You wouldn't know it, but they are there. <laughs> and that is because we, uh, 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 you know, socially uh, matrilineal is something that it's we absolutely. have adopted for a very long time yeah. ago. By the way, that's right. Very long time ago, because all through West Africa, women were extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. But when the Europeans arrived, they didn't understand that. Right. And so they would move into some of these farming and hunting gathering societies in West Africa. And I remember one, one academic paper in which they, our whole story, in which they came in and they would try to bring in tractors and show the men how to plow. And both the men and the women in Nigeria at the time said, that's not men's job. <laughs> women are the farmers. Right. And so the English failed to show the women how to run the tractors. They only showed the men. When they came back several months later, they were just rusting in the fields because that's not men's job. Right. They couldn't get it into their heads yeah, right. that these people have a different, uh, more egalitarian and indeed matrilineal sort of, right. uh, and yeah. local sort of uh, 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 kinship system. Wow. Yeah. Man, I can tell you, fat talking to you is just absolutely fascinating. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it just, ah, oh, never, it never ends. It's amazing. It's just, just when you think the onion can't uh, have another, another ring, it's just another <laughs> ring appears. That's just wonderful. Let's, um, let's take another uh, question before we run out of time. Uh, this is uh, Rosie Bruce coming to us from Instagram says, we are a military family and FaceTime keeps us connected. The That's world, important. The world of instant gratification is evident. I now put my devices on silent and reduce notifications as I feel it's creating anxiety for my tiny human. Must have a child. Uh, how does this affect our little humans love for their parent? I feel like it forces us to use technology more than I am comfortable uh, with. Uh, I also feel it creates a space for less patience. So there's a lot of lot packed in here. here, a lot of packed in here. Mm-hmm. So let me just kind of unpack this. One, um, uh, th- does it affect the, uh, the the parental relationship when you uh, allow your little ones to have screen time? Will it affect your relationship from uh, parent to child? And um, two, 
Um, I think people are scared of that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I mean, in, in my day, they, they would plop, uh, not me, but uh, would, they'd plop in front of the television. What's yeah. the difference? I, you know. Yeah, what's the difference? Yeah. Screen time is screen time. And, yeah. like, you put your kid in front of the TV. And, exactly. And then there are some people who um, uh, forget, forget screen time period uh, where they would say, now, you know, you can't leave that baby in that playpen for that long. Mm-hmm. And so they exactly. put, the, put the kid in the playpen yeah. and put a bunch of toys in the, and be like, right. okay. And it's like, well, no, you got to right. let the kid out of the playpen. The playpen. You know, you have to spend time. You need, so right. it, I don't think it ever changes. Right. You know, I, I think there is something to what she said. I, I mean, I, I don't see us <clears throat> killing our, like we, before, our empathy, our, our ability to connect with people. But, you know, in hunting and gathering societies, uh, uh, they were about 25 individuals in it. And uh, about 10 or 12 were children and the rest were grown-ups. So a small child... Uh, would be passed from one mother to another mother to a mother to another father to an uncle to a brother to an older sister, et cetera. It interacted absolutely regularly with an awful lot of people. Mm-hmm. And um, now, actually, I think with some of our ability to use cell phones and this and that, that you know, children are interacting once again with, with more, people. more people. But I do think that there's something to be said for... Uh, having a child grow up in a large group where where parenting is dispersed a bit among an awful lot of people who can bring different things to uh, to, uh, to the child's life, I, cool. I I think that's true. Excellent, excellent. All right, let's uh, let's just move on to the Gerbinator. The Gerbinator. <laughs> I think it's. I think that's it. <laughs> okay. The Gerbinator on Instagram would like to know. Uh, do free dating do free dating sites work? Is it worth the investment for something like a match.com? Now with 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 all due respect and for full disclosure's sake, you've actually worked for match.com. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I don't I don't think it's uh fair to put you on the spot and say, hey, does match.com work? So let's relegate well, the I'll question. Just answer this. Well, I mean the bottom line is I'm a consultant to match. Okay. And uh, they don't pay me to be be here or to answer these questions today. Okay. Uh, I, I'm basically Helen Fisher biological anthropologist that's who we're that's who you are that's who i am all right so now with that in mind let's just take a look at the sites themselves generally uh i don't want to give an endorsement um because i don't want star talk to endorse anybody either generally do these sites work and if so why yeah well, they introduce you to somebody, and, uh, and that's half the battle. <laughs> <laughs> sure is. <yes. laughs> We're all too busy. You know what? And we don't want to stand in a bar all right. night and spend an awful lot of money. You can do this in your pajamas. You know, it's cheap, it's easy, and it's effective. So, uh, you know. You're right. I mean, I broke up with a girl you know. once, and I'll never forget a friend of mine said to me, uh, and I was moping around and sitting and listening to music, and I was like, uh, Music to kill yourself by? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, I'm never going to find anybody. I'm never going to find anybody again. <laughs> like that. And, he, and he was just like this, Well, you ain't going to find anybody sitting here listening to music in the dark by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> there he you said, go. You got to get out there and meet there somebody, man. <laughs> but you know, this. he was asking about whether the free site, whether there's a difference between the free, free site and the paid site. Is it worth it? I have read. Uh, and I've never read these academic articles myself, but I've read about them that have said that on the paid side, people, because they're paying money, they're more serious. And that makes sense. It does make sense. By the way, that's pretty much the rule for the internet period. Uh-huh. For instance, if you're getting a free app, yeah. that app works. It does what it does, but you're not paying for the app. They're paying for you. You're the product. Yeah. Okay. When uh-huh. you when you get a free app, it's because you're giving them all of your data. 
Oh, wow. That's why they gave you the app for free. Oh, wow. So the purpose of paying for the app is is so that you're not the product anymore. Mm. Okay? And so, yeah, yeah. It, That's so it, interesting. It makes sense. It does. You know? But one one thing that we did at Match, which I, I didn't thought of, think of it. It was somebody else at the, at the company. We decided we would take a look at people who, uh, I mean, I've, I'm, I'm, rolling in data on over 35,000 singles of all ages, backgrounds, part of the country, et cetera, uh, um, every sexual orientation. And we, w- one year we asked, okay, let's take a look at the people who are dating on any kind of internet service as opposed to dating by walking into bars, friends, and this and that. And we did find that people who are on any kind of, of, of dating service tended to be uh, more likely to have a more a higher education, more likely to have a, a full-time job, and more likely to be interested in marriage. Wow. So now, this isn't a distinction between the free versus the, the paid dating sites, but it is a distinction between people who date online as opposed to Just off- people offline. offline. Yeah. Man, this is well. Well, there you have it. I, I wish we could do more. We're we're out of time. We've covered a lot here, and it's about time to wrap up. Um, you've been listening to Star Talk All Stars. Thanks to my co-host Chuck Nice for being with us today. Thank you. I've been your host, Dr. Helen Fisher. Until next time, stay curious. 